now. Correct microphone. I'm gonna do a normal intro. Uh, yeah. Hello and welcome to D20 Downtime. I'm your dungeon master, Sean. I'm Kalena and I play Nilto. I'm Molly and I play Cypress. Welcome to D20 Downtime After Hours. A table talk episode. D20 Downtime, the drunk time. The interview. <laughs> D20 drunk time. Kalena, you haven't even finished that first one. <laughs> it's a Mike's Hard Lemonade. We're not doing the hard stuff here. Unlike a lot of Dungeons & Dragons podcasts, this is the one episode in which we'll be drunk. <laughs> Instead of all of them? Instead it's of too all hot of them. in here to drink alcohol. Sean is a merciless person who makes us turn off the fan. You have ice water. <laughs> There's no more ice than it had melted. You have ice it's water. It's fucking hot in here. <laughs> Thanks, Georgia, for being like this. Mm-hmm. Hey, Georgia, it's fucking October. All right. Hey, how about I just start us off? Today we're doing uh, interviews and questions and stuff. Uh, so we're going to ask each other about ourselves. Because yeah, we're and, selfish and the people. Game and stuff. Yeah. yeah, mostly we're going to elaborate on the game. Um, I can start us off if you guys want. I mean, I had one pressing question that you, I feel like you can do in like one, a second. How bad have we fucked up this campaign so far for you? That was actually um, one of my questions. Is how often have we ruined your plans? <laughs> Not often at all. Really? No, really. Um, he knows us. He, he knows our shenanigans. too well. And mostly, I wouldn't say it's that. Uh, mostly it's that. He doesn't know us. <laughs> he doesn't know us at all. <laughs> Sean, I've been your friend for years. I think that the reason why... Uh, looking back on the campaign, there's no specific moments of derailment. Is um, a uh, despite any shit I might give you guys, you guys are good players who grab hooks when they are there. Uh, and uh, b because it's in an episodic format instead of in a pl- more of a long term planning. There's not a lot of that. I do episode chunks planned out, so there's no long term plans for you guys to ruin. Uh, if anything, when you guys throw me curveballs, that just inspires me to add new elements into the next thing. Kalina, we're going to have to try harder. I know. <laughs> yeah, so you guys, the adventure, I don't think has ever been significantly derailed at all. Although, I guess the way you guys tripped around the swamp uh, and stuff. and uh, At which point? Well, the amount of times that you guys have gone back to the Mywin Enclave for an extended stay with the Swamp Elves has surprised me a little bit. (laughs) Um, But yeah. No. uh, In fact, the the biggest curveball I think you guys have thrown me is um, I didn't expect you guys to try and go back to the Kobold Mine during the second adventure at all. Oh, where'd you think we were going to go for zombies? Zombie stuff. (laughs) (laughs) We were going to figure it out as we went. Yeah, Uh, that was an improv. Yeah, the whole time you guys were in the mine was an improv. The um, now not my favorite improv though. Do you guys want to know my favorite improv was? Yes. Uh, the whole chase with Bertram oh, to the house God. with George yeah, and was all Yeah, that was 100% not supposed to happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can tell that was not supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah. The Shining drew in. <laughs> the Shining. I Kool-Aid manned through their front <laughs> fucking door. I did make a couple of DM mistakes, but hey. I, don't tell who them. Who doesn't? Don't, don't part the kimono. Keep I shot. guess I won't stay with the mistakes were then, but uh, yeah, you guys try and keep everything about your world consistent when you're playing in your own world once a week. And Faerun three other times a week. Uh, it's right. impossible that we play too much D anD. d Yeah. My my question is: How much of the setting was prepared specifically for this campaign, and how much of it was, "Hey, I have a cool setting for a campaign. I hope I have a campaign soon. I can use it on." <laughs> three um, years later, because <laughs> we we both do that shit all the time. 
Entirely the second thing. Okay. Mostly oh, because literally uh, what happened is that we were recording session zero and Molly said, hey, why don't you tell us stuff about the world? And I was like... <laughs> and you're like, oh no. <laughs> uh, I literally, I had no plans to use the world that I was homebrewing like lazily in the background for the past year. Uh, Until I had off. to be a smart ass during episodes. Yeah, yeah, and then I was just like, oh, I guess I'll just plug that world into this campaign now. <laughs> So we're playing fast and loose here, boys. So Molly is entirely responsible for the world. Hey, I did, did it. it. See, I did something. <laughs> you contributed. Mm-hmm. To, to contrary to that roast, you pu- you're going to publish of me sometime in the future. Anyways, <laughs> probably sometime in the past when people hear this. Yeah, probably. Are we releasing this in the current stream of episodes, or like once we're all caught up? Once we're all caught up, because we're talking about everything that's happened so far. Right. Fair enough. Um, yeah, and I don't want to make you guys have to hold back for spoilers. Uh, you guys want to. I have a question for you guys. Go for it. Um, are you adventurers? Me as a person? No, your characters. Oh, oh yeah. It's not to be like, Molly's not an adventurer. Molly wants to go home and watch I Criminal Minds. <laughs> I like, so they're building new apartments by my apartments. Have you and gone illegally into them? I really wanted to, but normally the times I'm like walking by, I'm like going to the grocery store to get stuff. And I'm like, uh, I don't have time for this, but I really just want to go inside and explore the unfinished You need to plan an expedition. Apartments. Yeah, you need to bring fucking <laughs> There will be no danger <laughs> at all. But no, your characters. Are your characters adventurers? It's a real question. I think Cypress has thought of himself as an adventurer, even though he's just been sort of like, you know, wrestling swamp life and he's getting a, into trouble with Colt. He's so, a swamp adventurer. So even before episode one, Cypress has thought he was an adventurer. He thought so. Mm. Is he reconsidering? <laughs> well, he thought. Well, no, but now he actually is. <laughs> Does he think he's like moving up in the world? Mm. Well, I mean, he has a goal quest now, and that's very new to him having any goals <laughs> other than like I just want to eat some gator tonight. I imagine much. Niltel doesn't consider themselves an adventurer at all. Yeah, even currently, I think Niltel doesn't consider himself an adventurer because he was kind of just like thrown into the whole world. Like, it wasn't on purpose that he is doing what he's doing. Mm. So now he's just kind of trying to get by. He's like, there wasn't a plan. This is fine. (laughs) It's like, I'm just, I'm not dead, and I'm glad for that, I guess. (laughs) We're doing good so far. (laughs) Here's a related question. A lot of adventuring groups have group names with two people in it. Does that preclude you guys from ever having a name? I mean, um, you tried to give us the dungeon duo, to which I vehemently opposed because there's three of us, and now well, our, group, was, our group chat is the Tungeon Trio. trio. That was when we thing. were spitballing podcast titles, though. Well, yeah, but I mean, I guess we that, could be the lads. We could be. I, I, in my head, I affectionately call them my boys. Mm. <laughs> Honestly, same. <laughs> Maybe they are the boys. They're just the no, boys. they're my boys. Mm. <laughs> and anyone who's listening out there, you cannot refer to them as your boys. They're ours. Our boys. They're our boys. You can say their boys. Or or like just those the elf boys. boys. <laughs> those the guys. You got a question? Um, I have a bunch of questions. Molly, have you ever played either a bard or a barbarian? No one barbarian. One of my favorite characters actually that I got to play for like four episodes before it crashed and burned like every other Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> campaign. Take I ever a breath. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> but no, her name was Myru, and she was a tiny cat bard, and she had a magical Aww. instrument case, which was shaped like a violin case, and she reached into it and pulled out anything besides violins, and everything that was much too big for a tiny cat person. <laughs> so cute. Like, a tiny cat person? Were you like a small... Like cat-sized person? It was not a cat-sized person. It was a homebrew race based uh, off gnomes. They were okay. called Koshik, I believe. Oh, Yes. Yeah, and so she had a sousaphone and bagpipes and a bassoon. A lot. 
Yeah, bards get a lot of instruments. Oh, yeah, she was my fave, but that's I, the only bard I I wasn't sure if you'd played either, and I was like, so how's the experience of playing both for the first time? Yeah, because you probably didn't pay, play that Kashik for very long, did you? Like I said, four or five episodes. So how are, your, still sessions. how are you liking the two classes? I know it's a, a bit much to have to balance two class features at once. Yeah, I'm still working on, like, remembering my bard shit besides my spells. Mm. But, like, I feel like I'm working towards that balance. I'm going to use my fucking yeah. bardic inspiration for the first time ever in, like, the however many episodes we have done. That's true. Yes. Next session <laughs> depends on it. Literally, been I like promise. 25 episodes. I'm writing it. I'm writing it on my character sheet. <laughs> Use bardic um, inspiration. Sean gave us little note cards with like actions we can do, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I can do other things. <laughs> I can do anything else. <laughs> I can do non rogue things or non non cleric things because I always forgot like my stealth shit." Right. I, I try to be helpful to you guys since I know that you can't. Uh, devote all of your time to thinking about your <laughs> D&D character. Um, do you want to go or should I go? Um, I'll go. Kalena, how did you come up with the idea for Miltel? Um, So we were talking about like cool elf sub races and I think I was just like, I've never been a drow. I want to be a drow. And I started looking into like stuff about drow culture and like drow names and stuff like that. And it was literally the names that came up with the whole thing. Yeah. I came up with some names for Niltel. Niltel wasn't always his name. What? What? <laughs> um, Niltel means nothing exile. Oh. <laughs> it's very apt. <laughs> yeah. So. The drow have a, a lot of lore. They were, uh, the drow were, while somewhat based off of, uh, Norse mythology, they are um, more heavily created by the co-creator of Dungeons and Dragons, Gary Gygax, who <laughs> did a lot of creating their culture, and it was expanded throughout various materials and also novels. Uh, a big shout out to R.A. Salvatore and for... <laughs> oh yeah, no, I pulled a lot from his shit, Salvatore. Oh yeah? Yeah, 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 for real. Yeah, cre- he created a bunch of gods like Elastray and... Uh, <clears throat> Loth? Uh, no, no, no. Loth was... The whole spider goddess thing was right. from there from the start. But I also wanted to make Drow like less shitty. I think as that... far as like evil black spider people. Yeah, I think it would be a good time to ask a follow up question that might not have been clear based on our episode zero. This is from my boyfriend, who is one of maybe three people who listened who has listened to the entirety well, of the show so far. We didn't ask anyone else, unfortunately. I would have asked John and stuff, but I asked John in Austin. Oh, okay. Did they give you anything? John gave me a question and Austin gave me four. Okay. Sounds like Austin. He's not going to tell you which questions, but okay. anyway, continue. Casey says, for Kalena, why do people refer to Nieltiel, I fuck if I know how to spell that, as a dark elf, even though he's pale? <laughs> um, I guess that the dark part is just the fact that their culture is, like, technically evil. Cloak and dagger. Yeah. Um, it's more of a, it's less of a direct reference and more of a... Uh, abstract concept, I guess. Yeah, the whole dark equals evil thing. Which right. uh, Still oftentimes bad. has uh, <laughs> terrible implications. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I might as well ask the question for Sean, that, uh, uh, for, from Casey, that I have while it's here. For Sean, is the witch a single entity or is she part of a coven? Um, she, you guys, generally um, covens will 
stay pretty close together. Mm-hmm. But uh, you guys have no, you guys have no reckoning that although she does reference serving higher forces, forces with a higher CR, um, <laughs> huh, uh, you guys have no reckoning whether she has contemporaries. Uh, but there are other witches, though, aren't there? I think. Uh, one of the most interesting Dungeons and Dragons monsters types is the hag, uh, which is your oh, yeah. traditional witch. But Miss Morgan is not; she doesn't have hag stats. Miss uh, <laughs> Morgan was inspired by uh, actually homebrew. She was inspired by a, a homebrew that comes up a lot and um, uh, comes up as a canonical thing. I think in some games is the um, uh, that the basically like a hag patron warlock or a, Ooh, a witch class. Oh. Basically, so she's like a PC. Well, that was like, yeah. My my question in that regard was like, is she close to any playable class? Can I be Miss Morgan? Basically, <laughs> if, if Cypress dies, if he kicks it next <laughs> episode, stat wise, she's stat wise, she's a wizard. But like, weird magic is something I account for. She's on that warlock shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you call it, like weird magic is specifically a thing, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Quote unquote weird magic. There is oh, right, yeah. regular magic, and you can read it out on a spell card. It has very specific triggers to activate, and it has a very straightforward effect. Uh, fireball is a fireball is a fireball every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh, weird magic is something that hags have, where they literally just have. Weird magic. That's not like our regular <laughs> That's magic. That's what it is. I love it when it does what it says on the tin. <laughs> yeah, and it's a it's a fascinating part of their lore, and definitely not something that I'm going to shirk away from. Yeah, I'll read Casey's question to Molly, so she's yeah, not asking about to herself do that. something. Um, who taught Cypress how to play the viola, and how long has he been playing? This is something we a little bit went over. We briefly talked about it while I was trading away my song memory. Um, Cypress's dad taught him to play fiddle. When he was young and was getting much, much, much too rowdy. So he's like, maybe let's just tamper <laughs> this down. a little bit with something. Mm. And he was very bad at the fiddle. Aww. Awful at the fiddle for a very long time. And through it's... the power of sheer stubbornness, <laughs> he improved. My grandma plays viola and she said, literally, prepare for the first year you play viola to be terrible. <laughs> yeah, except it was like four years for Cypress. <laughs> He's a slow learner. But he's not um, a quitter. He's not a quitter. No, he's very fucking stubborn. Oh, I had a question. I don't know that I wrote it down, but um, are are we going to have... So we know Niltel has secrets. Yeah. Does Cypress have secrets? Yes. <laughs> okay, that's all I wanted to know. Oh, um, the question I meant to ask, which I didn't write down on my list, which is why I got confused when I looked down at my list and decided to ask a different question. Note, give Cypress secrets. <laughs> Y'all do not breathe when you speak. <laughs> no, um, so you and Sean collaborated on, like, the village and who was in it. Mm-hmm. How much did you collaborate? Because I know it was kind of a little bit on the fly. Yeah, basically Sean was like, ocean elves. I'm like, oh, I love them. He's like, fuck oceans. I hate those. And I'm like... <laughs> I have an idea. I think it was my idea. I'm almost certain it was my idea. You, oh, yeah, you were like, oh, I want to be a rowdy swamp elf. And Sean was like, I think we could do that. Yeah, yeah. I was intrigued by the idea. <laughs> Ocean we have the technology. Elf. Yeah, they could fuck. <laughs> I would prompt Molly, basically, with some basic questions. And she... Would get back to you two days later because I have a hard time thinking about creative things. <laughs> yeah, but you would, you would get back to me and came up with, like, basically... A, the sort of like the boundaries and loose guidelines, loose guidelines, and then from there, 
besides like direct family members that Molly was like, oh, Cypress has these, these, and these family members. Besides that, pretty much everything down to like mo- mostly naming. Naming, <laughs> yeah, uh, Molly. I'm so bad at naming characters. <laughs> That's always the thing you. Everything else you're good at, and then you're like, oh god. I literally made this whole ass character and was messaging, like, four people, like, what should I name my elf boy? (laughs) I gave you the last name, and I will take credit for that. It's a good last name. I forget what it stands for. Like, battle musician or something. Something like that (laughs) shit. Yeah, taking words and then messing around with language uh, and learning words in other languages and mashing them together is, like... Uh, naming your D&D character 101. Well, that's, that's again, <laughs> um, how I got Niltel. So, like, I came up with the name, and I was like, okay, he's an exile, let's do it. <laughs> uh, but this talk about Cypress does actually segue neatly into one of Austin's questions, which is, what is a swamp elf, actually? Um, which Go for it. A swamp elf is... I got it. It's an elf that lives in a swamp. <laughs> it is that. Um... Chu the the Maiwan Enclave is the only place in the world that has swamp elves. What nice? Yes, seriously, congre- congregated or in general? In general, you guys live in the only place where swamp elves even exist. So they're they're wow. about as okay. they're as rare as drow are on the surface, but rarer than drow are so in we're, reality. So we're gonna leave this place, and no one's gonna be like, everyone's gonna be like, what the fuck is right. that? In Hebrook, everyone's like, oh yeah, those are the swamp elves, and everyone yeah. else is gonna be like, um, because it's pretty me? established. <laughs> yeah, and swamp elves are unusual like this because the other elves are like uh, the the first reckoning that you are going to have of a wood elf is an arrow, and the first reckoning that you're going to have of a high elf is no reckoning because they will just do a little um charming um modify memory spell and turn you <laughs> around and send you home. Oh damn, yeah. Um, but I mean, people are generally more aware of the activities of sea elves, even if but they can't interact with them at all because they're underwater. But they're known. They're not subtle. Um, <laughs> they're a known quality because. Sailors, yeah, right. And um, the swamp elves are an oddity because they are elves who act very human uh, and who just trade along and visit the nearby human towns. So they are generally like the um, like the one elf that you met who was like a rogue. Generally, those guys are weirdos and wanderers and outcasts. Yeah. Um. So is Cypress kind of like uh, exemplary of how? Swamp elves like look and act, or is he kind of weird? Cypress, due to the <laughs> fact of being a main character, is the weird. definitive swamp elf. <laughs> oh, okay, so not weird. Well, I I feel like more swamp elves are more like chill. Yeah. Okay. So he's he's weird in the fact that he's like incredibly rowdy, and everyone else is like, we just want to chill in our swamp village. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was I, Molly the Molly the me. Mm-hmm. I was trying to make my family a little bit more rowdy, and Sean went against rowdy at every turn. <laughs> I didn't know that uh, it was a prerogative of yours that your family rowdy. be rowdy. Well, I mean, they're, they're babies. It's your fault. <laughs> you taught them, them that. I did yeah, that. I considered it like pretty straightforward that you have an influence on them and that they'd be rowdy like you. Um, I thought that maybe like if your parents were alive, that, that they would be a bit more... All right, I do have secrets. Yeah, upbeat and <laughs> out there compared to, like say, their grandparents, because their grandparents are... Just a bit more like sedentary, and they're all entrenched in that sort of like elder. We have we exist here for a reason. Yeah, like I think we just got a different idea of what the vi- we thought the vibe was in our, in, yeah. in our heads. Like I was thinking more of a like communication, not, not like vibe, yes, yeah, vibe, but like more outgoing, family connected, more more yeah. Florida man, yeah. <laughs> but 
everybody who lives in the Swamp Elf village, whether they are a Swamp Elf or not, is more interested in humans and the outside world and things like cats than the average elf. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I'm just gonna, I just want to, like, reiterate, I guess, what we look like. Mm -hmm. And I think we're both pretty close to what the rest of our race looks like. Also our um, picture on the... Yeah, but for people who don't want to go find our Twitter or our Facebook, um, which is at D20DPod on Twitter and D20Downtime on Facebook. Thank you for remembering that. (laughs) I run them both. Um, (laughs) Give me a Tumblr to run. I'll do it. I have a phone that works now. (laughs) Um, So Niltel is short and slim and has... He does... um, He's got pale skin and red eyes. The only thing that's different from most drow is his hair is short. So, like, most drow have long, like, white or, or pale blonde hair, and his hair is cropped, like, really short to his head. Yeah. Cypress is tall. I think he might easily be the tallest person in his village, and he's just very broad. Like, he's very, very, very strong. Like, yeah. plus his strength score. It's big. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, he's not, like, you know, muscly bodybuilder, because I think that's dumb. And also, well, and he eats a lot. Of- he eats a lot. He loves to eat, my boy. He eats. Yeah. So he's also just padded nice and good. Yeah, body type-wise, Cypress stands out from the average elf and uh the swamp elves in general are like mechanically they are a mishmash of the wood elf and the sea elf uh and uh literally in the campaign world even though it's not uh necessarily what's the word it's not really a delicate interpretation of have of the mixing of races to just be like i have some of these traits and some of those traits and as, just smoosh them yeah, yeah. but appearance wise and ability wise uh cypress doesn't have anything that comes out of left field it's all a mix of right. those two because they've got the like greenish skin from sea or is that wood elves who has green skin blue, blue skin for sea elves and he has greenish skin and whitish and apparently very light blue freckles according I just, to that's you. what i used and i forgot that I <laughs> I don't like to use straight white or straight black in art. What else can have uh, lightly greenish skin? Oh, okay. So that's so where I got the green. Okay. Cypress is just exhibiting the whole genetic green skin right. thing trait more. And, and some sea elves can have white like stripes and stuff. Yeah. So we yeah. got the white freckles and then beautiful curly hair just because he's a good lad. And he doesn't take care of it for shit. <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah. yeah. But no, like on a little bit of a more serious note, I, Molly, whenever I can, I make it a point to get make my characters have fat, please God, because it's not realistic otherwise. It's, right. <laughs> it's, the fantasy world does not uh, oftentimes remember to have fat characters unless they are like for example for the terrible uh, corrupt banker yeah no i'm so aware of the rules they give fat characters like literally all the time and i'm just like and my character is fat but historical fuck you no historical <laughs> accuracy yeah well that's i in that case we're both kind of trying to disrupt stereotypes mine with the like drow stereotype and yours with the like that person is actually really great and lovely. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm great and lovely. You Y'all are. Bent. We're all lovely. Except Sean. Get out of Sean's here. Sean's terrible. All right, I guess I am. <laughs> terrible skin. My bad. Um, here, let me pick up a question. From whomst? From self. From you? <laughs> um, hey, if you guys... Morbid question... Oh, good. Oh, good. If, if your character was dead no. right now, no. what would your next character be? No. Miss Morgan. 
Ah, you guys vetoed that one pretty hard. Um, I love my boy. <laughs> we've had a, a scare already, but you guys know that as a DM that I'm not really afraid of killing your characters? Um, yes. Yeah, let's talk about that Jackbox game we had Sunday night. It was like, I don't know if y'all have ever played Jackbox, but we were playing Fivage Enough About You, and so it's like guessing truth and lying This is a friends. bit of a non-sequitur. Well, it, it sequiturs right the fuck back in. And Sean's was, I forget what the other one was, but his truth was... I like it when player characters die in Dungeons right. & Dragons campaigns. Right. And I know exactly where that started. The first game he ever DM'd was with Kaylee, Kaylee and Morgan. Morgan. Is Miss Morgan named after Morgan, or is that just an accident? That's just a I coincidence. Mean, it would fit. Um, Morgan, to me, just felt like a, um, uh, a Celtic witchy name. Yeah, I mean, it is. I think Celtic. Um, anyway, but you were playing the same starter set that the Adventure Zone is playing, and basically, Sean killed Taco. Yeah. <laughs> Not really what happened, but, <laughs> but that that death was uncool. I didn't like that death. That was due to inexperience as a DM, but over time, um You've learned. Yeah, partially due to just the stories that I've experienced uh, um secondhand and partially due to my own experience in games, but like mm-hmm. it's not easy for a fifth edition character to die. It's not. But... I very nearly pulled it off in, like, the second actual episode. I I agree that it could be interesting as long as it's not like, well, you're dead now, let's go, and it's, like, bowled over. Like, I think an important part of the the Sean backstory you were missing there is the fact that... Was it Kaylee's character that died or Morgan's? It was Kaylee's. Um, Morgan's character had a funeral Mm. for that character. And I remember that impacting you in a a pretty (laughs) semi-major way. Well... That's just one of many contributing factors. There's a lot of there's a lot of value in the characters not being invincible. Um, I, I think very obviously after this after this downtime, you don't like anything to pop up without having a story reason. No, not really. Like, yeah. like our level ups had story reasons. Yeah, I like for everything to make sense. But for me. I get very emotionally attached to shit, so I would be upset. I would be actually legitimately real-world sad if (laughs) if Cypress died. And I would have to mourn and eat a lot of ice cream, and only then would I be able to think about what my next character would be. Alright, so I can't force the answer out of you guys now. No, um, Um, I I can go. Um, It's, it's, no wait, hold on. It's a guest alt character, but they're both bards. (laughs) Bard, bard. Super bard. bard. It's like a double-classing board. Yeah, if you guys... Do you guys have a question, or should I go? Um, well, so that was when you were a new DM. Mm-hmm. And you're not... You're pretty experienced now, because that was like five years ago? Four. Yeah. And Ish. so what do you wish you had known when you started DMing that you know now? Um, don't kill your characters on technicalities. <laughs> don't, don't fuck anything up. Before you DM, uh, know the rules. Um... <laughs> But that's, that's a that's, that's a fair. general one. A more important uh, lesson is uh, if you're doing a module or an adventure, uh, you actually do need to carefully read through the entire thing. <laughs> or, I mean, sure, you can do it chapter by chapter, but it's so much more valuable if you know all of the beats of the arc, the climax and the conclusions expected and everything before you start mm-hmm. so that you can... prepare dramatically right because the first time you that was the whole module and everything what was that one that was the lost mine of fandelver Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, it's actually one of my favorite modules i'm running it right now um but generally i think it was literally just because 
basically didn't understand a balancing combat and uh b being prepared for your players to make decisions that don't go along the railroads of the module because literally it was okay <laughs> this dungeon is too hard for us because combat's not balanced let's go to town oh shit i didn't read the part of the adventure about the town <laughs> flip 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 uh i guess this happens flip flip i i guess that happens uh and then just like a lot of them waiting for me to read parts of the adventure and then get back to them uh a better thing hell to do would be like hey can we just do this next time yeah yeah but um yeah and then or even like everyone use the bathroom i need five minutes to read this <laughs> right. book just give me a yeah. sec and then the adventure being like hey there's an active gang in this town and they're going to accost your adventurers <laughs> and then me being like okay instead of being like that's not really appropriate right now yeah um Molly, do you ever consider DMing? <laughs> Is that a no? I started playing Dungeons & Dragons my freshman year of college, which was... Me also. Four years ago. Four years ago, yeah. Our first campaign was chaotic. There were like seven players, and we all met in like a blood brawl. That you was... punched someone in the face. Remember? Well, was that with me? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that campaign. I was thinking, my first campaign was very similar. We had like... We started with seven, and we went up to, like, nine. What the fuck? And it fucking sucked. <laughs> and then my character got killed off in-game because I didn't want to come anymore. Yeah. yeah. Some people, players in DM both, might complain about starting at one, but it's really important when you're a relatively new player or when you're yeah. trying a new class to not have to hop into the later levels. Anyway. Yeah. But anyways, and ever since then, I have just been being a player. I enjoy the experience of, like, connecting emotionally to my character and, like, being them. Mm -hmm. I've thought about DMing. People keep bringing it up to me. Maybe I'd <laughs> like it. But I'm not sure how much our listeners know about the situation I'm in currently right now. I'm in a very intense year-long program that gives me very, very little time to do literally anything, <laughs> anything. that's not school. I get it. When you had more free time, though, When I had more free interested? time, I was just scared. <laughs> Mm. Do you think that, like, by playing more that you'll get more comfortable with it? Or? I'm not sure if playing characters will get me more comfortable with the idea of DMing. I think the only way for, to get me more comfortable with the idea of DMing is to just do the damn Go thing. That's it. true. Yeah. It's but, just, you need experience. Yeah, I also just am nervous about being bad and making my players have a bad time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be amazing. If, yeah. I, if I have... If I can, I do have some words of advice out, not just to you, but to all the DMs out there. Um, a... Don't be bitter about not playing a player because you are playing characters. So many. You're playing all the characters. <laughs> Every character. You need to create NPCs not just to uh, not just to fulfill a purpose in the adventure. You need to create NPCs that you enjoy role playing. Yeah. Um which I tried to do. I think you really enjoyed Miss Morgan and I, I know really me and Molly really Morgan. enjoyed Miss Morgan. Oh, yeah. she's Eerious fuck. She's Great the character. Best. Yeah, I like playing uh, Turtle and Gator. I like playing Miss Morgan. <laughs> I love Turtle and Gator. Um, um, I have some others that I like Gator. Opposite question for you, because you DM more than you play. When's yes. the last time you played a game? I mean, I play weekly, but just on Saturdays. But he okay. DMs three times a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday, Monday, Friday. Is there one that you prefer? Uh, I mean, do you, wish I you, do you wish you played more? Uh... I'm a bit of a control freak, to be honest, when I play. <laughs> He's I'm, a freak. Uh, I, I love DMing more than anything. So I love playing, but I do love it secondary to DMing. Okay. Okay. It's just what floats your boat. Um, hey. 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 Is there 
a favorite part of the campaign that you guys have? Like uh, a just. So we've only gone through we've gone through two arcs and two downtimes at this point. Yeah, but like that's been released. Yeah. Well, well, totally. I mean, sorry that we're up to present currently. Yeah, yeah. But whether it was whether it's a, a fight or a, a time on the adventure or something that you role played or or even a factor that is extraneous to technically what your character is doing. I've always had a hard time choosing favorites, so let me prepare a short <laughs> list. <laughs> Going in order. Nah, let me see. No. Just what I think of. I like Cypress just fucking blindly rushing through the portal and getting his arm getting <laughs> spit off by a giant off. chicken. Oh, yeah. And the fact that Neltel actually did not walk away and actually did help me back through. That was another important sequence I didn't plan. You going through the portal. Yeah, I could tell because you immediately started flipping through your book. Well, and then we were like, all right, we'll finish Take this next break, episode. Yeah. And then uh, you d- this was mentioned in the episode, but I'm like, hey, sorry about that. And you're like, whatever, it's your neck. Yeah. Uh, because I did, I had technically did have a reckoning for possibly what could happen with that gate if it went completely unaddressed or something. And I did have that specific monster picked out as a denizen of that world. Yeah. I see. But so. <laughs> another one of my favorites is just Turtle and Gator. I love them very much. I, I and that I really like the scenes where Niltel gets to be more of a people person, and that's only with Turtle and Gator. Because <laughs> kids are weird. Kids, and Niltel's like, yeah, same. You can't be mean to children. I'm sorry. Even if you're terrible, you just can't. Yeah. <laughs> it's illegal. Also, it's so. just a great mental image of literally everyone with flowery braids. <laughs> well, and so, like, Niltel's braiding everyone's hair. You're pranking Niltel by putting, you know, frogs, frogs in his, his cloak. And everyone's just having a good, like, family time. And it's really cute and domestic. And mm. it's... Yeah. That's another shout-out to all you DMs out there. If you've got people making characters that are like, I am... The Dark Knight, I am the armor. <laughs> the Avenger. If, if the character is at all gothic or edgy at all, just put children in your adventure. Right, don't Itachi killed my family. Because no matter what happens, you're going to force them to think of something interesting other than I'm dealing with adults and I hate you all. Right. Well, even like some people go really far with their edgy characters and is like, I hate everyone. I'll stomp a kid's puppy. No. Like, can you be... Like, a person for a minute? Hey, just for a minute, could you be an actual human person? (laughs) Can you actually think what your character would actually do? Let's start talking about kobolds, and this made me think... favorite part of the adventure? I said it. What about your favorite part of the adventure? My favorite part of the adventure? Wait, what was your favorite part of the adventure? I've already forgotten. We were being, like, domestic and shit. Right, yes. Yeah. Um, Can I get back to you on that? Okay. No. Also, Miss Morgan is the best. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, no, that was my third one. Oh god. Yeah, that, actually the all, of, all the interactions were very good. The vision cloud was probably my favorite part oh, of the adventure yeah. because I did a lot of preparing that was for up. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not afraid of fucked up shit. Um <laughs> But I had this whole like a big long list of random things that you could see, how many things you could see was I can't up believe to I chance. Did, I can't believe I did good so I didn't get to see more <laughs> shit. You saw, you saw the least shit. It's the whole point is you are trying to see something specific in the cloud and if you get distracted you get bombarded with all this random information uh some of which are actually just like horrifying nightmare fuel sequences happening to you yeah oh um something i wanted to bring up just because yeah um the room said something about a night without stars and then when we were in the vision cloud oh yeah there was the night without stars is there any other part of that prophecy i'm guessing that i missed um i have it written down actually i don't think that anything has come up um but 
you can read the prophecy if you want, and you guys, I, I'm curious what you guys would speculate based off of it. But uh, I, an important thing I think to me with the very first adventure was I need to heavily but cryptically foreshadow the end game. I see. Also, I love I love Atra. Atra's a good. Atra's mm. very good. She's yeah, sweet. That's true. She's another fun NPC to play. It's like, hi, I got poisoned, and she's like, again? All right. <laughs> and literally, she was just a name with a couple of traits next to her on a list, and then role-playing brings her to life. Yeah. Uh, but we're uh, more than a little sidetracked. Uh, can I go back two steps, uh, the vision with the random tables and stuff? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Part of what made that amazing is that, yeah, some of that stuff on the table was like, literally just like nightmares and stuff. Austin helped me come up with essentially things that were like... Just shout out to Austin for being a good DM soundboard. Yeah, yeah Austin's um, a good egg, and I love him. He was my he was my DM soundboard until we actually started playing the game, and then I was like, nope, spoilers. <laughs> um, but shout out to Austin for coming up with a couple of like nightmare sequences that would have been horrifying. Uh, but uh, the funny thing about the whole vision thing is they miraculously we just rolled like some of the like most important and intriguing things you could have seen, like you seeing. Um, uh, Rohan with the other drow. Yeah, you guys seeing the moon and the, the eclipse and the starless night. Uh, you guy, you seeing a drider. Yeah. That sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, stepping back twice more, we were talking <laughs> about introducing kids, and you were like, "Oh, horrible people who will like kick puppies and stuff in front of kids." Um, there is a. It reminded me, and I wanted to segue into kobolds with this, of a pretty significant morality trap in like basic D D original yeah first edition um which is uh the kobold hatchery what do you do when you go into the dungeon and yes kobolds are presumed to be evil and your alignment is not good or evil your alignment is lawful neutral or chaotic those are the three alignments you can pick you go into the dungeon it is a kobold dungeon you go fight some giant rats you go kill the elite kobold guards and kill the Kobold chieftain. What happens when you go into the room with the kobold babies? Hmm. What do you do? Wait, there's a kobold baby room? Yes. Uh, yeah. For example, in um, Molly, for real. <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't thinking about it. I was okay. just pulling the label off my Anyways, ball. but uh, for real, for real, for real, uh, in the uh, module uh, B1, the keep on the borderlands, like literally one of the first caves that you can go to... <laughs> Uh, in the main adventure location, the Caves of Chaos, uh, mm. is the uh, Kobold Dungeon. And that's got like five, six chambers total, and one of them is the Kobold Hatchery. Can you cut me off a piece of that? What does the Kobold Hatchery look like? Literally just like you have wandered into where the Kobold babies are. Shall you murder them? Right, what? We, well, we've murdered all of the Kobolds up until that point. In, <laughs> in original d and I think that's the cool thing about the way you like to to DM mm-hmm. is that like not all monstrous races are enemies. Yeah, exactly. Like basically I don't like I was like I like the fun, you know, like more rural aesthetic, mm-hmm. but I do not like the rural racism. Yeah. So I'm like we're not doing that one. No, so basically I'm, I'm Cypress not meeting friend these motherfuckers. Well, it's yeah. an old school Dungeons and Dad Dragons things Dragons. where it's like the the, <laughs> the playable races are you are such a goof. It's an old school Dungeons and Dragons thing where the playable races are assumed to all have the capacity for good. Yeah. And monstrous races, who are only listed in the monster manual, to be presumed to only have the capacity for evil. And yeah. that is due to 
cosmologically the world of D&D being different than ours due mm-hmm. to the fact of like Groomsh is literally whispering in the ears of every orc saying do evil please please Please, do please. Evil. Hey, please, please do please evil. Please do evil. Yeah. Well, and I and I just prefer more nuanced stuff than that. And the resolution of the kobold hatchery is either a yes, you kill them, and now the goblins across the street are going to move in, uh, or b you don't kill them. Okay. Uh, in a couple of sessions, the cave is going to be full of kobolds again, mm-hmm. adults. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, there wasn't really a good answer for that one, huh? Anyways, that's a moral quandary that first edition foists upon you. Um, and uh, a reason why um, I wanted to like get into the kobolds is because I have a couple of uh, fan questions about kobolds. Um, firstly, uh, why are kobolds and swamp elves chill? Why aren't they or why are they? Why are why they? they? Or at least with you. With me, um, basically, what I was going to rule is that, like, he'd met those group of kobolds he hangs out with very young, mm-hmm. and younger kids have the capacity to learn languages a little bit better, so he was able to pick up Draconic, but he can't teach it for shit. <laughs> but it just sort of was a sort of like a shocker, like, whoa, people live very differently differently than us, <laughs> which is why he's cool with, like, most things. He's like, lizard folk eat bodies? I mean, seems practical, I guess. I mean, I wouldn't do that, but... <laughs> right. Yeah. But why are they chill? I feel like there was, like, a lot of strife. And eventually, some sort of treaty, treaty or agreement was reached that is not necessarily upheld super strictly. <laughs> well, generally, generally, kobolds, the god that gods that they worship, generally are the living dragons. Oh. Uh, and uh, you might remember in the other episode when it came to the encyclopedia entry on elves, uh, is that elves just showed up one day and were like, "Hey, let us war to kill all dragons." Oh right. <laughs> Uh, but eventually, shit like that cooled down because there have not been dragons in this region for a long ass time, and the kobolds have just had to deal with not having anybody to worship. And would we having try and kill dragons again if they came back? Yeah, pretty much. Um, Why? Because they like are tyrants. Dragons are. Mm-hmm. Pretty hardcore. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's funny to say that to you because it's something that's so. Assumed it's just a D and D trope that yes the dragon okay. comes they are a tyrant they rule over kobolds generally most of the time. Um, well, so then do you think I guess yeah, but like a, a maybe not in the setting but in general like dragons going away would make kobolds like less evil. Generally, I think so because <laughs> oh I see kobolds are uh, well fun quality of theirs is that they are they are a pack they are they have pack They're tactics they instinctually move to cooperate and help each other that is their that is their thing their whole thing is that they have pack right. instincts about each other um and kobolds live like this long and elves live like this long maybe say that in like words kobolds live like tiny little squish between my fingers long <laughs> that's what I meant. it works I can't remember the dates off the top of my no, head, but kobolds don't live, live long at all. Kobolds don't live long. Well, at elves all. live a long fucking time. Elves live forever. And we're talking compared to humans on both of those ends. All right. Uh, so generally, when it came to uh, elves and kobolds coming to a truce, elves have all of the reason in the world to do that, and kobolds, you know, generations happen. Um, I had a question. Where is it? There it is. Um, are, are the dragons that are tyrants generally? Just the evil dragons, or will the good ones do that as well? Okay, um, this will be an like important... the chromatic versus metallics. This will be an important preview for the 
lore dump episode. Uh, this is this world does not have metallic dragons. That's happening soon, or at least can we take a break soon? It's so hot in here. <laughs> we have a lot of questions to get through. Oh um, any John questions? Uh, yeah, John's question was um, the about the kobold. Uh, <laughs> Swamp elves. No, no, no. It was about um. Um, it's kobold time. <laughs> he wants to know more about the kobold with the scorpion stick. Oh, oh God, that, that boy. fucking guy. I love And him. now there's more of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, kobolds, they have... Besides, like, pack tactics and stuff, they're... Uh, they're clever in a specific way, uh, and they're... You've never been in the kobold territory, like... Proper. Fortress and yeah. whatnot, but it is a... It is a maze of deadly falling traps of uh, choke points of murder holes uh, there's escape tunnels uh, kobolds rely on passages that are too narrow for medium sized creatures to fit through that they can squeeze through Cypress um, is too thick to go through those <laughs> yes for sure yeah and Volo's guide which was the main inspiration for everything I do with kobolds uh, it has a a list of traps uh, and it has several different archetypes of kobold which you guys are going to get to know about in the next arc uh, and the Kobold Inventor is one that I introduced before, or, or, or I introduced before the arc actually began. The Kobold Inventor is a specific archetype of Kobold. It's got its own stat block. Okay. It is uh, a brilliant lunatic. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and they do, they're, they're technically ordinary Kobolds who fight like ordinary Kobolds, uh, except that they are all make inventions. 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 Scorpion on stick. Quote, quote, inventions. Heavy quote. I put a skunk in a box. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're crafty. I love it. <laughs> they're, they have a slight edge over other kobolds on their craftiness and their quick hands. And they make these interesting improvised creations. They're not, kobolds are not craftsmen, but they may, these kobolds are an interesting kind. Um, they capture bugs, they scoop up uh, slime, uh, and they claim stolen goods as ingredients. Um, but yeah, the whole the one of the magical things about kobolds is that, despite um, the magic of kobolds, <laughs> is that the, everything that they build, their all their traps and stuff, are a lot more effective than the materials that went into them. Huh. They can just make effective works out of stuff with that is very limited, actually. So they're very, very smart in their own way. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, but in a weird way, Resourceful. because they have sort of like animal instincts and whatnot. So, uh, Molly, what are you thinking when Cypress just calls hey uh, out to an NPC, hey, racist? Just that <laughs> I feel like he has, he's got good bones for it, but he doesn't have like all the social context required to be like, <laughs> and this is why. He just knows, I feel like that's not right. <laughs> There are certain things that like are rude. Yeah, like I was saying, like he just sort of was like, kobolds are very differently than us, but these guys are cool. And eventually over time was like, wait a second. <laughs> most people are probably cool for the most part. <laughs> yeah. And so I think, like, even though he loves his family, I feel like he might get sort of frustrated Yeah, as the a, way his relatives are. As a player, though, what are you expecting when you do that? Expecting? Are you, like, what kind of response from the NPC when you do that? I don't know what I expect, really. You just you just react because you have to. Yes. Yeah. It's a very Cypress thing to be like, hey, be nice. <laughs> so the next question is about Niltel. How does Niltel feel about meeting Cypress? Um, and how that has like, affected things for them? Uh, 
So you want Niltel to like bear his little heart or what? Um, <laughs> Cypress would like that, yes. <laughs> you can choose not to answer. You can plead the fifth of, hey, this will spoil possibly in a future episode or character development. Yeah, no, I don't think it'll spoil anything specifically. I'm equally curious about what your impressions are as a player of that. Like, I was thirsty for that knowledge, which is why I got a super drunk (laughs) last episode. (laughs) Yeah, um, Niltel definitely holds his feelings close to his chest, but um, he... So when he came to the surface, when he was stuck on the surface, he didn't... He was really aimless, and I guess we'll do a little bit of backstory. That's when he met Rohan. Mm-hmm. Who taught him rogue stuff? Um, How long was he on the surface before I met him? Not long at all. Like he met Rohan. He was he knew Rohan for a few months when Rohan was teaching him stuff, um, and then Rohan was like, "All right, go on your way. Like, go do stuff. Here's a you know shitty here's, map. Well, no, I had the shitty map. Here's like here's a cloak so your your little pale skin doesn't burn. Uh, and you know, go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, "All right, I'm." I'm definitely self-sufficient, and I can do this for sure. And, like, the first person, basically, I ran into that talked to me was Cypress. And Cypress was like, I love friends, and I'm going to take care of you now. And <laughs> Niltel, like, hates to admit it, but he's really, really happy that that happened. Aw, cute. Because <laughs> he did not know what he was doing with anything, and he wouldn't have gotten where he is without Cypress. Aw, <laughs> that's so cute. I also just wanted to take this moment to shout out a moment that... I feel like people might have forgotten, which is that moment in the first episode where Niltel starts walking and I say, you may not want to go that way without any real expectation of what was going to happen. And then Sean put a trap there. Improvised a trap. You tossed the ball to me and I picked it up. <laughs> that was a good moment. It was very good. <laughs> but, um, um, can, how about, I suppose, one or two more questions? Yeah. Do you guys have questions that you really want to get out now? I have a question for both of you. Yeah. Um, so we kind of did a D&D podcast before. It's mm-hmm. dead now. Um, I mean, it, they're like an unfinished arch. There are like three episodes still on the internet somewhere. <laughs> right. Um, but how does podcasting a game differ from playing a game in terms of like preparing it for you and just like playing it for Molly? I try to be like, I like playing games to have a good time pr- for Primarily, like, I get into my characters, yes, but that doesn't stop me from making just so many dumb (laughs) jokes for the sake of making dumb jokes. I try to tamp on that, unless it's, like, a better joke that will keep us mostly, I'm not saying I'm perfect, that will keep us mostly sort of in in track, so I have to think about that. And also just, like, calling out the the non-verbal things that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't. We definitely don't derail as much as we do in our Friday games. Oh, oh my God. Shit. We spend like two hours talking about like Memes. vines. <laughs> yeah, a knife. And definitely a thing I have never done before is a character voice. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, sometimes <laughs> I'll put on an affectation. Yeah, but like this is the first time I've done an actual voice for it, and it, it's made me start doing voices elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fun. I don't hate doing the voice when I remember to do it. Yeah. For me, um. I definitely think that it has, it's pushed me to widen my view on all the different things that I can consider as a as a GM, um, like new factors and stuff. Uh, downtime was a bit of a wake up call. Uh, yeah, like yeah. actually performing it. Um, it's definitely gotten me to think, but it's hard to say. Uh, 
I think that more than anything, uh, it's you guys uh, who push me to do more stuff, you know? Nice. The power of friendship all along. <laughs> the real Dungeons and Dragons podcast was the friends we made along the way. Yeah. I mean, I do this for you guys first and for the podcast second. Um, and I th- nice. think definitely that... So that doesn't really change the way you DM then? Because it's player-focused either way. Yeah, yeah. Although I would say that having it recorded does make me... I half-ass NPCs less. Yeah, <laughs> fair. That's valid. You come up with the names beforehand. What are the names of my gold friends? Actually, that's an interesting thing to talk about. So uh, that'll be off mic, though. Okay. Okay. Um, Molly. Hey, Molly, come up with these names for kobolds. <laughs> hey, Molly... Uh, at the start of the adventure, you said that you didn't really want to have to be a hero. Um, has that teetered off at all? Are you feeling at all relieved? Are you... I've stepped a little bit more into Cyprus and I'm more comfortable with the idea now. Mostly it's just... I I feel uncomfortable making characters that are like grand heroes. Like We played Exalted at one point and we made Silver Lunar characters and I don't know if anyone knows anything about Exalted, but basically your character has to have a heroic purpose that they have fulfilled that has given them these superpowers, Mm. basically. Mm -hmm. That made me so anxious. (laughs) It's like Mm. playing like a heroic character who's done like a big heroic thing and wants to do big heroic things. Like, I just kind of want to make a baker. Sounds like a lot of pressure. (laughs) Exactly. Like, it's the pressure that gets to, to me. And now that I'm sort of a little bit more into Cypress's place and he kind of wants to be here sometimes and I'm more comfortable with that. Mm. But it's just always in the beginning. It's like, like if we make superhero characters, I'm like, uh, you, you want to work your way up to hero. Yeah. Um, I have like, not in an insidious way, but I have sort of been, <laughs> oh, good. he's been pulling the strings. I've been sort of, uh, <laughs> well, he's manipulating just... our feelings to make us be heroes. I think that's Dungeons Dragons. Yeah, that's a DM's Well, job. if you step back for a second, it's pretty transparent what with your family name and your legendary sword passed on to you and the, like, oh, yeah. literally, <laughs> like, the only, like, key demands of the whole, like, awakening the sword is, oh, this is the sword of heroes, so therefore you must do hero stuff to get it to awaken. <laughs> yeah, now that I think back on that, it's pretty fucking transparent. It's extremely transparent, but... Because you as a player is like, I don't want to get into hero stuff right away, but I'm cool with it later. It became extremely easy for me to bake into your narrative as a character, the becoming a hero narrative. Yeah. Will Nildil become a hero, though? We'll find out. We'll find out (laughs) next time on Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Um, I, I am... I have one last question I want to end with, with, just as like a fun question. So if you have more, go for it. Um, How, is it more, is it more fun or less the fun than my party question? Your party question? You know it's not like that. No. Okay. You then, can go ahead and ask it. Go just, ahead and ask it. If Nilto were a kind of tree, what kind of tree would Nilto be? Weeping willow. <laughs> oh, that's so edgy. <laughs> oh, that's so edgy. <laughs> I couldn't think of a sadder tree in, in the two <laughs> seconds it took me to think of that tree. Dead tree. <laughs> what about, um, I mean, cypress. What are, the, what are the swamp trees that have the big, expansive roots? Mangroves? I don't oh, know anything yeah. about trees. Yeah. Mangroves are hella. Mangroves are great, and I they probably... have fish in the roots. And Oh, they're good. They might be coastal now that I think about it, well, but mangroves. And it's really yeah. cool thinking about, like, abstractly, like, he's got this cool family history. Big roots. 
I yeah. literally just said mangroves. <laughs> I don't care. Mangroves are cool. I let's, should, let's put some symbolism in this bitch. I should think about tree names if we're delving more and more if into Sean was the type of tree, what type of tree would Sean be? I have no fucking clue. Just say a tree that you like. What type I of like tree, apple trees. What type yeah, of tree would make Miss Morgan be? Miss Morgan? Yeah. Mm. Like... Poison apple tree. No, she'd be a pine. That's not a tree. Listen. <laughs> she'd be a what? She'd be a pine. A pine? pine. I'm assuming. Prickly. <laughs> well. Crunchy. Little rats. Don't worry. I, I half-assed the answer. Cactus tree. <laughs> um, okay, I'm ready for your fun question. Yeah, unless you want one or two more questions I have. Yeah, if Wait. you've got like some really like club did, bangers. Did we get through all of Austin's? I want to answer all of Austin's. Austin's questions are mostly about the lore. But we got through all of We're his questions that are about okay. you guys as players, I think. Yeah. I see. Um, so, where... Um, I don't know how to phrase this. Okay. I'll just say it then. Um, how far do you want to explore and travel the world? How long could you stay away from the Maiwan Enclave or Hebrook? I mean, I feel like it's one of those things where I'll always go back eventually. Mm-hmm. And I'll feel uneasy leaving it for extended periods of time when I know my family's sort of in a weird place. But, like, I'm not tethered there forever and they get that like mm. i would disappear into the swamp for days at a time they understand <laughs> oh we did forget something what you didn't read the prophecy the no i couldn't i don't know where it is yeah okay. well, someone pulled the prophecy i want to revisit it because i feel like it wasn't even like a cohesive prophecy she's like something about well, no there was like no ending oh um, yeah yeah I don't know where that piece of paper went. It was here before. It's probably under the bed or something. We can cover that as a starter into the lore episode. Yeah. So you got all of your... I'm out. Your fun ones? Okay. So as far as I know, everyone here, 5e is their favorite Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Um, one to play. I know Molly hates anything more complicated than 5e, which is literally 3. every other... 3.5 has 3. so 5. many skills and numbers. Okay, There's but compared to 4 or 2... I have played neither of those. <laughs> it's great. 3.5 is great. Um, is there a non-Dungeons and Dragons RPG that you are that is, like, tops? Like, you really love it? I have ones that I'm excited to try, but not ones that are like, I love it. Mine are more, like, of the pick-up-and-play variety. Like, I haven't played, like, a long-term campaign. Like, we've played All Out of Bubblegum a couple times. That That's fun. fun. Um, with my ex, we used to play a Fate Accelerated game with Magic Cats. I loved that game. Fate Acceler- that was honestly a great game, and that was, like, mostly an improv game, which was great. It ended up being sort of like a murder mystery, yeah. Hogwarts cat sort of <laughs> feel. It was very good. I Yeah, I think mini RPGs are probably my favorite thing, just to, like... Because we have a, a group of friends that we don't all play D&D together that much anymore. Yeah. But whenever we get together in person, we'll play, like... We'll try to play a small We'll D&D. play Goblin Quest, or... Oh, Goblin Quest was so fucking good. Are you yeah. kidding me? Or All Out of Gum or something. Just like cute little one shots that we can all enjoy for yeah. a night. I have, like, I, I do really want to do, like, a Apocalypse World or a Call of Cthulhu, but. Can we do a Call of Cthulhu? I really want to play Call of Cthulhu. Maybe we I, will. I'm, uh,. Not to promote someone else, but I'm uh, listening to Very Random Encounters, which Sean has been trying to get me to listen to forever. And I'm finally on their Call of Cthulhu arc, and it's really good, and I really want to play. So make nice. that link, though. <laughs> it's, Later. It's a good podcast. Um, I'm actually, right now, I'm kind of 
in a weird way. I'm in, I'm in a love-hate relationship with first edition Dungeons Dragons. It's complicated. Uh, I, I love everything and I hate everything else. <laughs> part of me planning for this campaign is I want you guys to experience some of that like er that is Dungeons and Dragons experiences stuff like and I want to magic. Do you want yeah, to talk to my dad? Like first edition my dad played stuff. Dungeons and Dragons. Oh good. Maybe I will but um, <laughs> yikes I come home and Sean's there talking to my father. That's awful. There's something about okay let's get our friends together uh, okay roll the dice and plug them into each stat at a time you are just randomly deciding those stats and then you get to choose your class <laughs> and now let's just take the guys that we rolled up some of them are terrible some of them are great some of them are mediocre and we'll take our guys out to the dungeon and some of them will die right, definitely you, and we'll come back and you can roll new ones right, you prepare more than one character sheet I see one that's fine <laughs> because you probably will die no, I, I mean it's more like you prepare your character you go out to the dungeon your character dies. You everybody comes back to the the keep or the town or whatever, and then it's like, well, time for me to roll a new one. And that, that's why it's called rolling a character, is because the first thing you would do is you would roll each of your stats in order. You wouldn't plug them into the stat that you wanted. You would just, you just take the stats that you got based on random rolls, and you'd figure it out from there. That's fun, honestly. And that's how I mean your characters were more expendable. It was more about the players than the characters, is what the addition was, and. But but now there's like some cool lore in in modules and and stuff that are from those old characters. Yeah, yeah. like uh, Darn Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the reason why a lot of those old characters are named silly things like Rob made Robilar, and there are characters like <laughs> Mert and Durnan and <laughs> and Melf. It's hard to put ma- effort into names, <laughs> especially if you're Molly and you have to name fifteen characters yeah. today. So but that's, okay, this one's Mert. That's normal. <laughs> Traditionally, you would give your character a silly name because you don't know if they're going to live. Uh, or, like, my favorite is Melf, who no. you can guess what gender and race he was. <laughs> Male so elf. Good. All right, and yeah, fantastic. I'm, I'm kind of in love with it. Never played it. Never played it, never will. Let's I'm, go. I'm in love with it as a romanticized ideal. <laughs> Unhealthy idealization of one... What first edition Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> but yeah, I really loved this conversation. Yeah, it thanks was fun. for joining us. For us just hanging out and being friends for once. Just being buddies in this <laughs> room that is 90 fucking degrees. It's not that hot. You've it's also so had two alcohols, two entire which alcohols. does raise your body temperature. Yeah, I get rosy. <laughs> Alright, well, hey, Molly, you can be done complaining because... I loved getting to ask you guys these questions. It was super awesome. We should do it again sometime. Yeah. Uh, and we love anybody who's listening. I love and, you. I uh, love you. This was fun. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Make good choices. <laughs> eat a piece of fruit, you piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. You can turn the fan on and stuff now. Oh, my God. Please open the door. I also have to use the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. I was like, why does the door have to be open for the fan to be on? Also get new air, get this whole air out of here. Ventilate.